I ain't here to dance for you. I ain't here to do a two-step. Right. That's just a piece. That was just my end. I like to picture Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt because it says, like, I want to be formal, but I'm here to party, too. I like to party, so I like my Jesus to party. I don't believe that we can throw a dollar amount at the black community if nobody's mindset changes. Uh, everybody need to shut up. Let me Maybe tell you. if you put please at the end, it may be a little better. I think if you put please after shut up, it takes away shut up. It's your boy, Marco. Yo, it's the one and only Dre West, and you're listening to The Realest Show on air. And we live in the Christian lifestyle right here. Right now, you're listening to one of the realest, my bro, the one and only Meech. It's Mr. Respect Your Audience himself. Right here on Live With Meech Real. Daddy, I like this. <laughs> podcast of 2019 so i figured i would um show y'all that you don't gotta wait to the end of the year to start making changes you know what i'm saying like a week ago i introduced a new intro i got some more new stuff coming up man um but yeah so his name is tj Godfair, man i got a um, interview coming up that will be on my wordpress page which is live with each real dot wordpress.com live with me trill dot wordpress.com um where i'm gonna talk to the guy man he's new man i just saw him in somebody's story and checked him out and pretty dope vocalist man uh his his, his christian content he talking good y'all he talking good so i'm gonna chop it up with him man and um hopefully you guys can check that out and i'll let you guys know when that is released but it's gonna be a great episode today man i say it's gonna i say it's gonna be a great episode because um why do I say it's going to be a great episode? And do I want to know, have I ever let y'all down when I said it? Like, when I say it's going to be a great episode, do I let y'all down? Like, do y'all, like, listen to it and be like, oh, no, nah, bro, you missed the mark on this one, my guy. This was not great. This was not good. This was barely efficient. Or, do you just love everything I do? See, these are, see, these are questions that I don't know about y'all, but I don't need answers to because I'm okay believing that it's a great episode. Every episode I up, every one I up is a great episode. And I'm not going to ask you guys, is it great? Because I don't care. No, no, let me clean that up. 
I do care. I just don't care to know. <laughs> Is that? That's weird. I'm in a conundrum. I should know because I respect my audience. And if I'm putting out crap, I can't be putting out crap because I'm talking about Jesus. And I'm and I'm dope. And I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm having this moment. I'm trying to. Hmm. I just had a whole moment of digressing. But listen, man, I'm excited because I want to share something with y'all because of because of the new year and everything that's happening. You know, everybody wants to um, get rid of the old and, you know, everybody's going to blaze out um, in a couple of days. <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, get all the garbage out of your system. I don't know. Like I said, I mean, to each his own um, overall. I mean, me personally, um, I made a change of a huge change in August. And I, you know, I thank God I didn't wait until January. You know, who knows if I had that much time left. So I'm thankful. But you know, if you wait till January, hopefully you made it. You know, because I think it's pretty arrogant to set goals for the next year as if God promised you tomorrow. I don't know. It's 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 it's, it's vastly interesting to say the least. I won't say arrogant. I want to say arrogant, but I'll say interesting. Right. So I wanted to do that, man. I was thinking about um, my first sermon, first time I ever taught. I was thinking about, you know, when I first got saved, because, you know, the, this this year, whether we want to admit it or not, man, is been the year of Kanye. Um, the last six months has been literally dominated by the con the the public conversion of uh, Kanye West's music. <laughs> um. So what's funny is, is that I've heard more people fight about is he saved versus fighting or let's having a conversation about the content. You know, what is he saying? And is what he's saying biblical is what he's doing. You know, what I'm saying like, where is he? You know, for him to be leading a huge tour, uh, having pastors speaking the word, condemning Christians for judging him or being, you know, skeptical of him. Like, and it made me think about when I first got saved. And I went back and listened to one of my very first sermons, and I want to say it's probably one, it's probably in my top five most cringeworthy moments I've had in my faith since I've been a believer. Um, my whole past has been cringeworthy before I got saved. Not talking about the people in it, but some of y'all is too. But I'm talking about the decisions, the things I've said. I go back and look at my old posts, and it's just. <sighs> It's tough to say the least, y'all. I'm not going to lie to y'all. But um, all of this made me think about my first sermon. So this episode, I really want to talk about my first sermon. I'm going to give y'all the sermon um, and tell y'all the title, which showed how young and excited I was and how I was still very untaught. You know, um, I was still in a place where I wanted to sensationalize um, the story because I think I felt like the Bible needed uh, clickbait, you know what I'm saying, to teach the word I needed to get people's attention with things that are not of the word or things that are not biblical. And I'm using this episode to share, you know, my experiences, my mistakes, being newly in the faith. And I'm going to talk about myself because hopefully, you know, wherever you are, maybe you could take some, learn some lessons from my mistakes. You know what I'm saying? That's the whole point of Live With Me Real is if I can share some of the stupidity in my past, maybe we can live together in a better way. Wait, did I get you on my tagline? Heck, you know. <sighs> the uniform of podcaster. 
But y'all know y'all listen to Live With Me Real Where we talk about real live events To encourage the body while we use scripture to challenge the culture And I do this for what reason? Because I respect my audience So anyway This episode is It's gonna be tough because Y'all don't judge me Forgive me Because uh, I, I had the best intentions And people still heard You know Because God is so good And because of grace Man God st- People still heard the word of God People still were encouraged by the word But man If I can go back in time I wouldn't have taught it like this I wouldn't have Used what I used To teach the gospel Because I believe the word is enough So That's the title of this episode is The word is enough But let's go to Let's go to your Your granny's favorite segment Let's talk about it How are you doing? My name is Beach Real, and this is some of the things that's happening in the news. So this story, because I mean, it's a pretty slow week, you know, it's Christmas, everybody's, you know, uh, buying gifts and uh, not paying me back the money they owe me. And but I, I no, no, for real, man. Um, so, so, um, it's a very slow week for news, but I found something, man, and I want to share this story as a warning. For you old guys Um, I work in an industry where uh, Sponsorship Or sponsors um, Sponsor related Relationships is Sort of the norm And what I mean by that is that Older men will um, Invest in Younger women's um, Attention Uh, Yeah So basically Older dudes pay younger dude, younger girls to date them. If it gets even more graphic, but I'm not promoting prostitution, and I pray that's not what's going on. But I have heard rumors of uh, men giving women money, men money just for time, just for them to go on dates with them or hang out with them, or you know, just to you know, spend some, just to spend time with them, you know. So I want to share y'all one story of you know. If you are literally, if you're a victim of someone taking advantage of you, especially if you're older, you can tell on your wife. Like, fellas, if you know, like me, I'm married. And, you know, my wife um, just does what she wants to do because she's my wife. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to, you know, say something she does because some of it is illegal. And I'm not trying to snitch on my old lady because I don't mind. But I want to share a story with you guys. So a 26-year-old wife was accused of trying to steal a million dollars from her 77-year-old husband. So this young lady, who was newly married to a 77-year-old man, 77-year-old man named Richard Rappaport, um, she went to a check cashing place and tried to, you know, write a check from his bank, uh, cash a check for one million dollars. They denied her, and she went somewhere else, and she was actually able to get two checks off that was a total of 66,000 the authorities contacted her husband and asked him did he feel like he was being taken advantage of and he said yes now they did come get her and she was on she was arrested and she put in custody and they held her for a million dollar bail which is kind of funny she was trying to get a million dollars but now we know she at least got $66,000. So, um, not to make fun of the older guy, you know, you're older, you want to be in love, you think this 26-year-old woman will love you, and I just want to share with you guys something, man. 
a 26-year-old woman loves no one. I'm joking. I'm joking. I don't know everybody. I can't say that. It's a joke. But I will say this. If you were 50 before your wife or someone is born, when you meet them, be a mentor. Be a teacher. Don't become a husband. Or I just, I don't know. I can't say where you can find love, but I don't know. Just be careful. I mean, if you're rich, you should be careful. If you're broke, then she may really love you. Because if she love you and she young and you old and you poor, that's real love. But let's go to the next story. Hope that made you laugh. Uh, in sports news, Marshawn Lynch has officially re-signed with Seattle. And um, it's my, this guy, first of all, monster on the field. Monster on the field. Monster in the community. Um, he does a lot of dope, like a lot of dope charity stuff, a lot of dope coaching. Um, he's just a real intentional guy. Uh, but he doesn't say a lot, which is hilarious. He's kind of like, he reminds me of like Kawhi. Like, who's, like, I would love to get Kawhi Leonard and Marshawn Lynch in the same room for uh, just to talk. <laughs> like, I, I think it would be probably one of the most watched but boring interviews of all time not because they're not interesting that's what makes them so interesting like i don't know if this is some major plot these two got where they're going to go their whole career and say as least as possible show as least emotion as possible but be dynamic on the field and then or court and then when they retire they do tell all books and podcasts and they just go amazing because people just want to know what they're thinking because they kept it a secret their entire lives i don't know i, I just think it's hilarious let me want y'all check out so he returned um, and he did a press conference. Y'all got to hear it. Welcome back. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yep. What brought you back this time? Happy holidays. Merry New Year. Y'all have a great day. It's a great feeling to be back. Thank you. I don't know about y'all, but... It's probably frustrating from a journalistic, you know, standpoint where you come in, you want to finally hear what he got to say. <laughs> he literally, it's hilarious. It, 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 dog, it's hilarious to watch, man. But um, Seattle's making a run, man. The NFL's getting chippy. I'm actually going for the Ravens myself. But Marshawn Lynch, man, uh, is a competitor. Um, he's not really there for uh, to like you say. He's not really there to talk or play, or to do interviews or anything else but to play ball. Uh, and as me growing up playing football, I learned very early that the only place anything is fair, and as fair as life could ever be, is on uh, on the field. So I'm excited to see what this does if this makes Seattle better, um, and what this does for their. Um, not just their playoff hopes, because I mean I'm pretty sure they're they're I mean they're shooting right now for the playoffs, but how dangerous this makes them because in history defenses um, usually are what makes a great uh, team in the super, in the playoffs that lead them to the Super Bowl to actually win. But to have somebody who can push that ball the way he's been able to now he's a little older, but he is a specimen. So we're gonna check that out, man. I'm, I'm excited to see how that go down. So, my son has a very, now listen, if you have kids listen to this, and y'all have not had the Santa Claus talk, you might want to move them away right now. I'm going to give you a second. 
because it's a spoiler alert. But I want um, my son Croy. He called my brother the other day and explained to him why Santa Claus was not real. And my brother responded back to me saying he he gave me some valid points. And it just I've been laughing about it all week. So I want him himself, the one and only Croy Boy, the famous. To uh, explain to y'all why it, Santa Claus doesn't make sense. That don't make sense, though. So you don't believe in Santa Claus? Yeah, Santa Claus is not real. Why don't you believe in Santa Claus? Because he's a myth. <laughs> and because some people looks like, look like Santa Claus, but they're not. And how... When at the mall and when kids ask him to um for a present, and when it's night, how can he? How do we have enough time when it's night and people asking him for what they want and 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 not how is he gonna have enough time and sit and and he gonna have to send it to the whole world? Okay, better question. So you say Santa Claus is a myth. I'm about to ask you a real hard question. If Santa Claus is a myth, how you know Jesus is not a myth? Or do you believe Jesus is a myth? I know Jesus is not a myth because mm. because when mom when mommy said told said um the Bible was never wrong. Mm-hmm. Um they she said she said, um, whenever is not in the Bible is not true. <laughs> and Jesus in the Bible, that means he true. Santa not in the Bible, that means not true. Cory Boy, you are my guy. Thank you. And there you have it. Uh Cory Boy the Great <laughs> sharing his thoughts on Santa, man. Um I just like enjoy I just enjoy listening to them talk, man, hearing what they retain. Uh so hearing him talk about how um, we've taught him or that he's heard that, you know, that the Bible's never wrong and that, you know, Jesus is in the Bible and uh, said to not. I think that even though he's a kid and that's the most simplistic definition that you probably can, you know, think about, but I think that as he, as we'll continue to teach him and as he grows and matures, if you understand how powerful a statement like that is, is that when you're a believer, the Bible has to become your foundation of how you view the world. Um, and I just think it's dope, man, that at least I'm hearing enough proof that he's listening. Plus, like I said, he came to his conclusion on his own. Like we tried to play the whole little, you know, let him believe as long as they want and dog wasn't buying it. <laughs> Literally, he wasn't buying it. But, um, let's go ahead and get into the, the to the show, show. Um, cause I got a little bit to talk about, man. I want to share with you guys. I think it's going to. It blessed me to go back and reflect, man, because I think the one thing that we spend so much time doing on social media, uh, looking at everybody else, is that sometimes we forget that there's a mirror in our lives. And that's why one of the best weapons to fight with against self-righteousness when you see people being so overtly and openly wicked um, is that you forget that you sin as well. So um, looking back at who you've been, what you've done can sometimes keep you sober. Now, don't get me wrong. It still help. It still allows you to grieve when people are wilding, but it also allows you to try to have at least enough compassion to pray for them and hope for them to repent, turn away as you should have, and will continue to have to do despite 
despite your desire, we will continue to grow in new things and how we uh, will live our life out, giving it to Christ. So let's have a conversation, man. I'm ready. I'm ready, man. I'm gonna tell y'all. I'm gonna tell y'all something. So check this out. Um, my first sermon. <laughs> My first sermon was uh, Shift Happens. I'll say it again. Shift Happens. And it was based off of the scripture, James 1, where it talks about when trials come, it is an opportunity. Um, so I did this whole little thing. Let me tell you how to set up. So I set it up where I had some people down on the ground, right? You know, on the stage. I was on the stage. People were on the floor. And the demonstration was basically two guys had walked up to one guy trying to be tough, trying to bully him, right? So then I had another guy, the guy that was getting bullied, pull out a gun, and they ran, right? And I was taught it like, you know, how do y'all feel, right? I said, uh, what's the old saying? Ain't no fun when a rabbit had a gun. So I talk about how when trials come. So I use that example because we have seasons where things go our way. We have days where things go our way. I'm talking about just the right things happen at the right time, and... It's great. It's amazing. You're getting money. Your business is doing this. Your marriage or relationship is doing this. You're, like everything is hitting the way it's supposed to be. And what happens is sometimes you can lose sight of the reality that sometimes that does not, that doesn't mean the forecast can't change, right? So when the Bible says when trials come, it, that does, that's not really saying that they won't. You know, and I don't just go off of this one line, you know what I'm saying? Because if you do just the one line, the one scripture, you lose your mind, right? You can create a whole faith off of one line. But the Bible also talks about when um, that the rain falls on the just and unjust alike, right? <laughs> the uh, Bible also talks about when Jesus was baptized and the Holy Spirit fell on him. The Bible talks about um, how, you know, Jesus prayed to the point, I'm talking about to the when he was going close to being uh, crucified that he was praying so you know so hard and he had so much going on in his heart you know as he had to walk this thing out that he actually was bleed like sweat i mean he was sweating blood you know what i'm saying so you think about the life of jesus christ you think about so many people you think about moses you think about david that was running that was literally running for his life and you go out through the entire narrative of the bible that there's no one that you can say never had an issue whether they walked with christ or not Christ was not exempt from an issue, from drama, from trials, from tribulations. So I think that the scripture, it's still my favorite scripture of all time, because what it does is prepare us and gives you a mindset that things, things happen. Right. And this is an opportunity to grow in your faith, to build your, your faith, to build your endurance in the body. Because a lot of people take trials as, as an indication that something is wrong or the absence of God in many people or some people actually walk away from the faith when bad things happen. So that's a pretty cool sermon, right? Like it's not, that's pretty, that's not wrong or, you know what I'm saying? You think about it, you know, when trials come, but I go back to shift happenings, shift happens, right? Where is a play on words because it sounds like I'm cussing, right? Which is a common term of saying happened. Now, I didn't actually say it, but for the effect to understand why I would say 
that this is something I wouldn't do again is because it's enough of the play on words to prove the intent or the thought behind it, which makes this um, at the very least just kind of immature right and i think this is why and i want to talk about this because it's not hugely like oh my god i can't you know or me saying that jesus is a woman or jesus was just a prophet or jesus was not god or like there's nothing i'm not saying anything that's necessarily against the foundation of the scriptures but when i'm especially christianity but what i am doing is i'm adding something that is not godly to try to pull people into God. And this is something that people artistically struggle with all the time. So do you need, right? Do you need to use these kind of tactics to get the attention of people? Um, while I say you don't need them, I will say that they're effective, but because they're empty and they're superficial, they don't sustain the relationship, right? Like people will post online sex, Okay, not coming to my church or, you know, they'll say something crazy to get you to engage. But what happens is after they feel tricked, it's almost impossible to have a good reputation with the listener or the follower because now you've already mishandled their trust. You've already mishandled their judgment. You get what I'm saying? And that's why with me, when I talk about respecting my audience, I never want anyone to feel lied to, manipulated um, just for the sake of the gospel, because I truly believe that the word is enough. Right. So I'm thinking about like, so do I, have, so the question is, did I have to say happens? So let me share the actual scripture now. Um, and I'm talking about this because we, you know, we got, we use witty titles and all that stuff and I'm just going to hold you up. I think it's a thin line that we've created. That's even thin, thinner between not believing that the gospel and the word of God is enough and using manipulation as a tool to share the gospel. And there's not many times, not many, I'm saying <laughs> there's not any times in the Bible where you see Jesus use manipulation or secular or worldly um, tactics to get the attentions of his teachings. Like you never see him manipulate scripture. You never see him say something crazy to get people to come in. You, it's usually sound. Like we can't see where Jesus screams out sex or a cuss word and then says, OK, now I want to talk to you about the kingdom of heaven. Or he'll say, I am the resurrection of Barnabas or or or, or say, I am Nicodemus and then starts to teach like you, you'd you never hear Jesus make a confession or anything to be clickbait to share the word. And I think that it's a struggle when people are living by likes and how many people repost and how many streams and we consider that equity. Um, that we are willing to compromise the integrity of the entire form of what we're teaching, how we're teaching it for the sake of getting someone's attention, no matter how hollow and superficial it can be, because at least they clicked on the video. So we got the views. But did they retain it? Because if they felt manipulated, did they really did they really listen? Did it really hit? OK, so James one, it says this letter is from James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm writing to the 12 tribes, Jewish believers scattered abroad. Greetings, faith and endurance. It says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For, you know, that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So now how do I get someone 
to listen to this scripture or for me to teach this scripture? Um, and is it enough? Do I feel that I can just read that? Just tell you that when it says, Dear, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Or do I have to say, <laughs> happens? So now if you say, I'm not tricking nobody. I'm not um, misappropriating the gospel. I'm just using a, you know, a, a catchy line to get people's attention. Let me, so I just did a random search of how to trick your readers. And I found this article is on, what's it, Litractor? Litractor.com, Storyville, 10 ways to fool your readers. Red herrings, right? A red herring is something that misleads or distracts from a relevant or an important issue. Using an unreli uh, unreliable narrator. Um, it was all a dream. This which which you know you've seen the shows where they'll show you all of this random stuff and then at the very end the person wakes up so you, they literally wasted all your time like it, the whole movie is literally clickbait um twists the unexpected the slow reveal so someone that just gives you little by little by little by little to continue to have you pulled in um what's this then there's um there's a bunch of them, right? It's about it's ten of them, but I just want like so the one that I that I did when I said shift happens is a dual meaning, and it's almost an entendre where it plays off of how it sounds if I say it fast, which is what I wanted to do. Like if I be honest, I wanted to trick or fool the person to think I was saying something crazy so that they would listen. And it, I, listen, these are effective methods, but if we talk about the integrity, I think that honestly, we got to question some of the stuff and I see some of the stuff that we're doing. And I'm saying all this because I see this stuff, but I've also done this stuff. And I'm only saying all this because I really want people to understand, man, that the word is enough. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's funny how my son ended when he talked about Santa Claus. He said that if it's not in the Bible, it's not true. And you're like, oh, well, he's a kid and he don't understand it. But if you think about it, one, how Jesus says that, how we, you know, how we should be um, as children because of how pure what he's saying. There's not a lot of philosophy and, you know, uh, human intellect that can cloud his judgment now where he's literally moving and walking in faith from those that have taught him, which is me and his mother. Um, but I really wanted to share that. Like, I messed up, man. I was wrong. I don't get me wrong. God. We, we can confuse God's grace, right? That people still got saved. People still get their lives to Christ. People still heard the word because God ain't expecting us to be perfect. He's expecting us to be willing and diligent and chasing after the word and growing. So as he says, as I was a child, I behaved as a child. I was a babe in Christ. Well, technically, I'm still a babe. Not really a babe because I'm it's like I can never reach a full place where I'm Jesus, right? I'll never reach a full the place where I am perfect because if you could reach perfection, then there would be no need for Christ. But anyway, what I'm saying is, is that in that time I was a child and child's children just want attention. You know, my kid may cry because they want my attention. Kid may slam something down when they're upset to get their attention. And I think that now with social media, we do the same thing. We'll say something crazy. We'll just make noise to get someone's attention. And I don't think we got to do that with the word. I think the word is enough. I think that sometimes we get in the way because we want everyone to like our stuff, everyone to engage our stuff versus the ones that are called and the ones that 
it will <laughs> because if you have to do tricks and do all these things to appease the people then you're not serving god you're serving people and it's some dangers in serving people let's go to meet my preach <laughs> So ask yourself, um, am I using tactics to fool somebody to read the Bible? And am I trying to fool them or am I using this ta these tactics because I don't believe that the word is enough? Do you need a gimmick to teach the word of God? And then if you say, yeah, you know, we got to use these traits to work in the marketplace, which I'm not arguing that the mark that you have to find ways to make yourself visible um these algorithms have found a very interesting way to is it carmentalize for them to isolate freedoms <laughs> for them to literally place you put you in places or public forums that are not public forums that are controlled and censored and policed at the highest level and governed by people that don't have or share the same agendas as you so as a believer you posting on social media depending on what site your content is not going to see be seen by everybody unless you hit certain keywords or you hide it in certain other things so i'm not saying that there isn't a strategy i'm not saying that this stuff is easy but i am saying that we should continue to ask ourselves the question so as you're asking yourselves the question then i would also say what i did and i continue to do is am i can I find this where Jesus had to do it or in the word that will that can support me saying this like this or doing this like that? And if I can, then I mean, you rock it out. And if you can't, um, I would tell you just to be careful, man. The word is enough, man. But let me share something with you when it comes to you got to be prayerful when you're sharing Christian content. You have to ask God what he wants you to do, because even though we live in a world where everybody wants a million views and everybody wants to go viral. That's not everybody's call. You feel me? That's not the 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 that's not fruit. That's not universal fruit of success or universally recognized by God of of intention and sound teaching just because everybody wants it, right? Um, because I mean just off the off the fly, you know the words it talks about how we'll be hated and that we'll be persecuted. So how can you be hated and persecuted but then your celebrated on you know hollywood and you doing weird stuff but you call yourself a christian that aren't that wouldn't your behavior doesn't support your confession if that makes sense man so it's like it's a lot to say but i do just want to share that with you guys so but let me do this there is um, we just got to be careful on doing what works versus what god has instructed us to do okay um i think it can be a thin line and I think this is where your heart comes into play. And you got to be honest. Like, am I doing this? Because I know if I do this, a lot of people will listen. Or a lot of people will buy. Or a lot of people will come. But is this what God told me to do? You get what I'm saying? So let's think about it. Numbers 20. This is really, you know, with Moses. And if you don't know the story. So when Moses was leading the children of Israel out of slavery. Um, it starts, and it talks about it in Exodus as well. You know, one of the miracles that Moses performed was striking the rock. People was hungry. I'm gonna go back to Egypt. I'm tired of this. Struck the rock. Struck, struck the rock. Water. You know they got the. They were replenished, right? So um, let's go starting in Numbers 20. Where? So Numbers 20. Um, 
In the first month of the year, the whole community of Israel arrived in the wilderness of Zen and camped at Kadesh. While they were there, while they were there, Miriam died and was buried. There was no water for the people to drink at that place. So they rebelled against Moses and Aaron. The people blamed Moses and said, if only we had died in the Lord's presence with our brothers. Why have you brought the congregation of the Lord's people into the wilderness to die along with all of our livestock? Why do you make us leave? Why did you make us leave Egypt and bring us here to this terrible place? This land has no grains, no figs, no grapes, no um, pomegranates and no water to drink. And Moses and Aaron turned away from the people and went to the entrance of the tabernacle where they fell face down to the ground. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to them and the Lord said to Moses, you and Aaron must take the staff and assemble the entire community. As the people watch, speak to the rock over there and it will pour out its water. You will provide enough water from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. Okay, so nine says, so, so Moses did what he was told. He took the staff from the place where it was kept before the Lord. Then he and Aaron summoned the people to come and gathered to the at the rock. Listen, you rebels! He shouted. M Moses was cut. Like he was, they was getting on his nerves. They like, I got y'all out of slavery. Now y'all talk about y'all want to go back to be slaves because y'all just got thirsty. Like relax. So he oh, he just cut into him real quick. Like, okay, you rebels. But that's that's just me adding. He shouted, must must we bring you water from this rock? Then Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with the staff, and water gushed out. So the entire community and their livestock drank their fill but the lord said to moses and aaron because you didn't trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of israel you will not lead them into the land that i am giving them i always go back to this story because it was something that moses was told to do and it was different from what he was told before right and i think that sometimes we struggle with the reality that if something does not work, it must mean God isn't in it. And that if something does work, it does mean that God is a part of it. And success uh, goes hand to hand with money. And God's plan and God's help goes hand in hand with worldwide acceptance and exposure. Um, and if you think about it like this, Moses was actually denied um, access because he didn't trust God. And what's crazy about how dope God is, God still blessed the people. But it was a consequence because Moses didn't trust what God had told him. So this is why we have to stay in our word. And we got to listen. There's nothing wrong with self-help books and marketing books and, you know, all the things that we need and we use. The hacker tips to get, you know, um, engagement online. There's millions of them and there's nothing wrong with them. But we have to be careful to not not um compromise the 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 integrity of our platforms to do things that may go against what god would want us to do right think about it like there could have been something you've done before like like i used <laughs> happens and it doesn't mean that god didn't bless people because i mean the sermon worked people loved it and they enjoyed it but now 32 and i taught that at 26 i want to say 26 27 uh, but I had been saved for maybe a year. So maybe say I was 25, maybe 25, 20. Anyway, I was newly saved, right? I'm talking about within a year. And that fire, um, I think that God's grace carried me through that lesson. And people was able to hear the word of God. And um, I pray that, you know, it lasted in them to make them actually study and read for themselves. But now 32 and had been a believer for a little, uh, you know, a living believer, a believer that believes the lifestyle matters um, for eight years. I wouldn't teach a lesson and use the title 
it happens. You feel me? I, I mean, it's, it's gross. I wouldn't use clickbait um, where I'm using p- pictures of celebrities that are controversial. Or I, I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't want to. I just wouldn't want the listeners that way. Now, even with that, because sometimes we got to be careful for false humility or pride, where you really got to ask God, God, can I use this picture of a celebrity to get people's attention? What does this? What does this? What would this? Um, demonstrate what does this mean what am I talking about and why am I using it you get what I'm saying because I use celebrity pictures on my stuff all the time um, I talked about you know one of my podcasts I talked about stop using sex as something to encourage people to get married and I uh, talked about it in one of my stories um, dang I can't think of the kid's name but it was the kid from uh, Jonah Hill I'm sorry I was thinking about Jonah Hill and I showed you know I posted a picture he was I talked about kind of what he was dealing with um, and I use it just for that. Um, and he wasn't a hot topic at the time. Um, but even that, when I look back at it, I'm like, man, but this dude was in a movie that was kind of foul. You know what I'm saying? Um, but he's an actor and he has different roles. So I was like, I still battle with whatever I've done and whatever I do. And I ask God and I study to try to find where I'm wrong at and where I'm right at and what, you know, what's justifiable. So. This podcast is the end of the year. We're doing a lot of self-reflection. We're making promises to our year, 2020, and we're doing all that. So I say, whatever you're preparing for the next year, I would want to say, hey, start today. Because it makes no sense to wait till the ball drop to realize that you've been dropping the ball. So you can start now. But if you don't and you wait, fine, whatever. It's your prerogative. I pray that you get those days and that you make it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Even though I think it's time wasted because you can start being great right now. But anyway, self-reflect, man. And be careful, man. Like, let's not be like Moses. You know what I'm saying? Don't ever strike the rock unless God tells you to strike the rock. Don't ever use clickbait to get the attention of the people because the word is enough. And who God wants to hear you will hear you. I mean, I truly believe that. So happy holidays. Happy New Year. Uh, We got a lot of different things coming up in 2020. Uh, The first Friday is... uh, gonna be a new episode so i'm excited about that so listen peace and god bless um make sure y'all check out live with me dot wordpress.com um i got an article about tone spain and some other things um and i'll also be putting an interview up pretty soon so y'all can check that out but listen peace and god bless y'all be listening to live with me it's real but for the feature song of the day the artist is tj Godfearing. let's go ahead and end the show with him this is 2019 we loved you 2019 you was rough But we thank God that we made it through. Peace and God bless.
shotgun Say them brought me a fight and I cannot run He all barking, no biting, he ain't bout none If you need some advice, just know I got some Did a lot of things in my past and I regret it Forget you for that stuff that you did, I won't forget it Try to save my dogs from living in sin, they wasn't ready And trust me, that little try that you win gon' make you better, yeah, yeah Even in this dark hole, yeah, my light gon' shine To the old me, yeah That's what my pops had told me, yeah They just before they know me, yeah Everybody not your homie, yeah I'm riding with you, I'm riding with you I'm riding with you, I'm riding with you Jesus, yeah, I'm riding with you, I'm riding with you I'm riding with you, I'm riding with you, yeah I'm riding with you Feelings, yeah, I be about my business, yeah Make flips like a gymnast, yeah GFM, we winning, yeah I know y'all gon' feel us, yeah Going up like a ceiling fan Yeah, you know I been the man Ay, Look around the world and God crazy I'm just trying to feed my babies Lot of problems really don't break me Stuff I been through really that man Jesus, yeah, I'm riding with you, I'm riding with you I'm riding with you, I'm riding with you Jesus, yeah, I'm riding with you, I'm riding with you